0: I'm Robin and I'm Wayne. We're investors at VMG Partners and we help build iconic consumer brands. Every day some of the world's most fascinating
1: founders share their stories with us before they've made it.
0: Their highs and lows, mistakes and triumphs, but always extraordinary results. And now we're sharing these stories with you. This is Unfinished Biz.
2: The minute that you are no longer getting a paycheck from somebody else, you're an entrepreneur.
0: On this episode of Unfinished Biz, we chat with Jillian Michaels and Giancarlo Cherisich, a.k.a. G, co-founders of Lucky Jack, bottled organic cold brew coffee that's infused with nitrogen for extra froth. The two have had a very successful history as
3: partners, but as we'll hear, getting to this point had some big challenges. When you're a small company and you're going up against a multi-billion dollar publicly traded corporation and-
2: Yeah. Yeah, without Giving permission. it away for free as so, a lost leader. And And, which devalued all of our content.
1: Learn the depths of Jillian and G's business history, how they use TV to leverage it all, and why just trying everything pays off in the end. Unfinished Biz starts now. Robin, this is a unique one. Most of our episodes, we have a specific brand that has a founder or co-founders, but this one's a little bit different. It's really about two people that have worked together tremendously well, and they've been part of, I don't know, I, I think it's at least 10 businesses.
0: I know, it's it's crazy. And the interesting thing, I think, is that Jillian understood that she really had a really unique platform, and she was able to reach so many people. Um, but I think she also had the self-awareness to understand that, hey, there was a perfect window of time for her to really capitalize on that.
1: And it's a crazy story. I mean, the two of them even sued Lionsgate. And one, but we'll let them tell you that story.
0: We caught up with Jillian and G at VMG's offices in LA.
2: I never had entrepreneurial intentions, and I kind of got forced into it. You know, when you you end up in a position where you can't get a job, and you got to (laughs) kind of make your own way. Mm -hmm. Um, And in doing so, I realized very quickly what I don't know about business. And I can say very quickly, but when I started trying to make a living, a real living, at doing what I love, which is helping people get healthier and be better in all facets of their lives, I knew I needed to find someone who knew the things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Giancarlo and I had been working together. He was my licensing agent um, at a company called Magna Global. Was my? Yeah. Um, and to make a very long story short, I realized like I needed Someone like that to help me build a brand. He, I believe, and I'll let him speak for himself, that his he's always been, G is not an employee kind of a guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll let him answer that. Like, I had to do it out of fear. And right. that's where I think fear can be a great motivator in truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it can paralyze you, but it can also be a great motivator when you're like, I have nowhere to go here. Fuck. Oh, there's my first one. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you Thank go. Thank you. And your you're life back's against the wall and you don't have a choice but to take that leap of faith. I think that he inherently embraces the lifestyle.
1: What? But one quick question. Yeah. What point did you start considering yourself an entrepreneur? Yeah, that, that's an. Was there something that you were doing that makes you like, – what was that line? The
2: minute that you are no longer getting a paycheck from somebody else, you're an entrepreneur. And – um, you know, I'd had a very, a very different journey. Like I was, I fell into personal training when I was 17 because I was training for my black belt and delivering pizza for five bucks an hour. And um, people had asked me in the gym you know, how much I charged. And at the time I was like, for, for what? <laughs> <laughs> um, now,
1: $5 tip when yeah. you, when you deliver. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: um, and so, so I began to appreciate like, oh, wow, I could like, I could teach people how to do this. And my mom was great and she was like, you know, sweet, I think you need some sort of like a like a badge, <laughs> something to be <laughs> able to do, a certificate or something to be able to really do, you know, what you're doing. And she got me my first little certification. And I just did it because I loved it, and I bartended at night and I made great money and took the whole thing for granted. Um, then when I was in my very early twenties, like twenty-three, I fell into the shoulds of life. I got, you know, guilted into being responsible and doing the right thing, and I got a desk job um at a talent agency called icm because i live in la and that's what you do um and hated it hated it and to make a very long story short i worked never made less money never been more miserable and it's like the more security you seek the less you have right and the more you you follow your passion the more abundance and affluence you'll reap if Mm -hmm. you can be vulnerable and take those risks but I didn't, you know, you got to learn that on your own time. Yeah. So anyway, to make a very long story short, I ended up getting myself blackballed out of that industry because <laughs> you can only imagine why. Like, I wonder if it was the shit that I said. I, I don't know. Um, so maybe,
1: I, maybe they, maybe you're you too reserved.
2: But I wonder that could have been it. Yeah. Not outgoing <laughs> enough. That's right. I just, it
0: just doesn't share. No,
1: I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and so I, I, now I'm 27 and that's when I, there you go. Right. I couldn't get a job. So I was like, oh my God, what? what am I going to do? And I, it wasn't like I didn't try. Like I got blackballed for pissing off the wrong dude. And I was forced into finding a way. And that's where I, that kind of entrepreneurial necessity began. Um, and then by the time I was 30, I opened up a little sports medicine facility and, uh, you know, and I had chiropractors and physiatrists working for me and I was helping physical therapy patients under the supervision of a physical therapist who actually worked for me. So it's strange. <laughs> um, and then the time I had spent at ICM got me on Biggest Loser because an agent who knew me there was training at my gym who also introduced me to G. So I, I just got, I got forced into it, man. And at that point, I thought, like, all right, I love, what I, I love this. I've always loved this, and I've always been good at it. But how do I make a living at it? And that's when I knew I needed somebody who understood business.
1: And that's yeah, that's me. where Jean comes in. So, yeah. so, Juan Carlos. So, yeah, exactly. so <laughs> moving back a moment, like yeah. so, how, where did your where did your entrepreneurial journey begin?
3: So I was fortunate uh, while in college, I became an intern at Tommy Hilfiger Corporate, and I was working directly for the CEO of the company and co-founder. Um, so that kind of access gave me exposure to big conversations in the room, and I would remember just asking the CEO. Can I just sit in and listen? Mm-hmm. And um, I started realizing that I was fortunate. I spoke multiple languages. And we that company, when I started, was 100 employees with about 300 million in revenue. Right. And when I left five years later, they were 3,000 employees with close to 3 billion in revenue. But I knew that a lot of the things that I was working on, international expansion, whether it was Latin America, Asia Pacific, you name it, as well as product expansion – I quickly understood how this one individual Tommy Hilfiger that was just a freelance designer became America's great next designer. Um, And I quickly understood the nexus that they would create between their brand and something like sponsoring a Formula One racing team or partnering with a company like Estee Lauder to create Fragrance and Beauty. So I did that for five years, moved out here to L.A. uh, from New York, and continued in the branding licensing side of the business, but instead of working for a company like that, I worked for a gentleman by the name of Michael Nyman that owns a big PR firm out here that was a PR marketing firm. And they had created this division of the business called Intersport, taking entertainment yep. and sports clients and creating brands around those individuals. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate to work on you know some really interesting projects, some that I cultivated on my own, some that I was just part of the team. And I started working out at Jillian's private gym. Oh, okay. In two thousand three, and nothing, you know, all these things Happened for a reason. Um, was it
1: like Soul Cycle?
3: No, it was, uh, <laughs> it was. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, it was not dark, <laughs> and oh.
1: it was ventilated. It was ventilated, yeah. and it wasn't yeah. at six in
3: the morning. Right. No. Um, but with that, we ended up. Establishing a friendship and Jillian was really really smart because what she did was even though she wasn't your trainer She got to know who her clientele was and kind of what that pool of clientele brought to the table Um, we went out to dinner a couple of times and Once she got on Biggest Loser season one season two You know we started talking about what are some of the things that you want to do with your professional career because television is the greatest platform to anoint yourself to whatever you want to do. And at that time,
2: at that time it was, anyway. there was really yes. no one, <laughs> Not now. you know, I, I can,
3: I was actually mm-hmm. looking at this the other day, the original deck that I put together for her basically showed her Oprah's lifestyle, Martha's home, Susie's money, Rachel's food. Jillian can be wellness. And so we basically strategized together and built an ecosystem around this one name, this one woman that defines a category. And that's how we did it.
1: And what was the first project that came off of that? That, for, that you. Uh, that, yeah, that the really first
3: was... first project. It's
2: a great question. Yeah, there ready was for a this? lot going on at the time. Yeah, and so we I don't knocked remember. it out of the park. What was it? The
3: Nintendo Wii. Oh, that's oh. right. Wow. We were the first right. third-party title. I remember that. Right? To launch a Wii game.
2: Over Gosh. sushi. He goes, you want to do a video game? H-
0: how did that come about? Did yeah. Nintendo reach out did to they reach you guys? Out? No. no. Crazy story. No. So
3: I was working on a deal for Heidi Klum. Yeah. for Project Runway uh-huh. with a video game developer uh, out of Korea and the deal wasn't didn't make sense. Right, um, The show hadn't launched there and all that sort of stuff even though those kinds of games make sense there. That company introduced me to this gentleman who had his own gaming company who's currently the CEO of Atari today and we established a relationship. I said, this is what I'd like to do. He's like, wait a second. The Wii board... Let me get back to you. And we basically put a deal together and we launched, we were there. Yeah, we did three Nintendo versions. We did two Xbox versions, the Nintendo DS. We did all of that. What was the game called? It was called Jillian Michaels. Ultimate
2: Adventure? No, no.
3: Jillian Michaels Uh Ultimatum. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ultimate. Yeah. Do it or yeah. die. Right. That's yeah. right.
2: <laughs> fitness ultimatum. Right. Something that was like, it, yeah. fitness ultimatum. Yeah. It was
3: based off the Born ultimatum. Right, right, yeah. right, yeah. oh. yeah. Nice. Um, so that's what we did first. Wow. And it was interesting to see analysts in the industry uh, talk about the space and be like, this is a product that will sell. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of gave me the confidence, number one, that we were on to something. Number two, that Jillian was resonating as a brand because uh, we not only did that in the U.S., but we did it in France, we did it in Italy, we did it in Spain, we did it in Germany. So nice. all of a sudden, with Biggest Loser being on in over 100 countries, right. I was like, wow, we can really take this and do what I did at Tommy Hilfiger, in part, with the same thing and make that brand mean something around the world. Yeah. And that's what we systematically did across publishing, across television, consumer products, um, and what have you.
1: What, what were some of the more... I guess during that era, what were some of the more successful launches, and what are the, some of the things that you would have done differently?
3: Nordic Track was definitely successful.
2: We were very successful at that time um, because I look at the landscape now. And what
3: right? year? Well, For, yeah, a special, yeah. What, so what there's year the big question, about? right? 2008, we started. Okay, two, yep. but
2: there were certain deals that were in place prior to that. Um, you know, that, that, uh, my talent agency had done in 2006. That and were, otherwise
3: I didn't do them. Right.
2: <laughs> you know, that were not necessarily conducive to, um, the longevity of a brand, uh, deals with licensing out my name to everyday health for 10 years. Oh, wow. So in 2016, we finally had the opportunity to do an app that really screwed us in the long run. Yeah. Um, and so this is where, you know, the world changes so quickly. If I could say to young entrepreneurs, there are great things about being you know young and, and entering the game now, and there are bad things about it. One great thing is that the point of entry is tremendous. There are no more gatekeepers. Right. Anybody can go on YouTube, Instagram stories, start a podcast, and if you're you know, if you build it and it's rock solid, they will come, right? Yep. Conversely, there was a tiny, tiny, tiny point of entry. Back when I got on Biggest Loser, but the mm-hmm. playing field was wide open. Right. Yep. Now there's a million players on the field and right. distinguishing yourself is harder despite the fact that getting in the door is far easier. So for us, you know, there was no one on the field. Right. So, and I was very committed to delivering, making a sexy promise and delivering on it. And G was very committed to positioning it strategically. Our number one problem was actually NBC mm. and uh, how much they hated our brand. Yeah. And this was a huge they, huge problem. They wanted all be to well, be about biggest, biggest loser, loser as opposed to brands. Jillian Mike But there it. are
3: there is no biggest loser brand. No, right. the biggest and there loser never brand was. two trainers or 3 trainers or 4 trainers. Didn't,
1: didn't weren't there some biggest loser products that So got, here's what happened.
2: Yeah. Biggest yeah. Loser started out and in all fairness, I mean, they had every intention of making it like, you know, the Swan, some like mean nasty haha laugh at people that right. are overweight show. And at that time, it was just Bob and I. And I remember we were sitting like a dirt field in a trailer somewhere and having no idea what this could be. And, you know, for whatever, you know, bumps in the road Bob and I have had in our relationship, he looked at me at that time and he was like, hey, you know, we could we could really do something with this, Jill. Mm -hmm. Because I was fighting with the producers about, you know, how they were treating the contestants. And he's like, we could make this work for them and for us, you know, if we just do what we do. So all of a sudden, you know, eight weeks later, you got a guy that lost 100 pounds and all of a sudden the show went from like, oh, we're going to humiliate people to, wow, holy shit, you know, we may have something here. And then by season two, the producers were like, oh, we have the biggest loser brand. And Bob and I were like, no, you don't. There's no biggest loser diet. There's no biggest loser workout. There's him and there's me doing what we do. And then from that point on, it was a hell ride. And that's – it was a real nightmare. It was nightmare. like eye for eye. Yeah. If
3: we put something out, then they followed it And six put my face –
2: like the second Wii game. Got it. Uh. They did a Wii game. Right. I put my face on the Biggest Loser game, right. and it was a huge legal – and that's why I was on the show, off the show, on the show, yeah. off the show. Because oh. it's like that which nourishes you right. also destroys you. Yeah. And that's I was talking to a young influencer just last night, and I was like, tell me what you see. What's your what's your you know long-term goal? And none of it was about – content or her own platforms or it was all about e-commerce and I was like so you back when I was your age I would have said a talk show she's like yeah. a talk show <laughs> which I mean I know they're gone but she's like I have my platform yeah. why am I going to let somebody else control my image Right. Yeah. which was a huge problem that we had with NBC so it was like it gave me a huge platform but then they would always make me like you know Darth Vader
3: That's right. and Bob
2: was Obi-Wan because <laughs> Bob did the biggest loser brand he right. played ball and I yeah. did not so That's interesting that was really the main rub that he was constantly having to navigate.
0: Yeah. If you could actually fast forward to kind of today's day and age, yeah. would you have kind of sort of approached the whole thing differently? Would you have tried to thread the needle differently? There
2: is no there is no TV. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like the the all three, there might have even been four, I don't even recall, other female trainers that have come and gone on Biggest Loser and I bet you can't even name them. However, if we looked at Instagram, I could tell you like who is popping, who's right. on fire, right. yep. who I I personally have like singled out for collaborations, yep. whether it's, you know, tone it up or whether it's Kaisa Sekerinen or whether it's Alexia Clark. Like none of those girls came from TV. Right. And so I would never even, I wouldn't even go into television. Now
0: you'd go uh, totally different medium, digital, 100% yeah.
2: YouTube, own your platform, you know, and drive those people off of social mm-hmm. to your platform to gather their emails. Right. So that when that particular platform decides they're done with you or right. they want to hold your audience hostage, you've been intelligent and captured the names. Yeah.
3: I was going to say, however, television is still the TV. most <laughs> impactful media tool that you have. I mean, the fact that that gets blasted out mm-hmm. the way it does, um, you, you know, I've struggled with that thought. There's many things, obviously, you know, in hindsight and Monday morning quarterback that you could do different. But we always, and I think this is important for any entrepreneur, when you're making a decision in that moment and you've assessed and analyzed and determined that that is the best play, stick with it. Yep. Because if you start teetering from that moment, you're dead at go. And we stuck to our guns on a lot of things. And a lot of it worked, and some things didn't work. But again, you know, you only learn when you fail, right? Right. So, I would, in today's environment, I w- if I had to do this all over again, I don't think we could be as successful with social, to Jill's point, because there's so many playing uh, fields, and we don't control. You know, we're one alg- algorithm away from right. wiping out what we thought worked.
1: He had such a captive audience at that time. Where we we be- did.
2: Right now the we barriers is low, but it's a ton night. of noise. Yeah. However, though, it, it also, along the way, because of the persona that was created, he would get so far and then every time run into a wall. Mm-hmm. Well, her Q score, which is like your likability right. score, right. right? So every time he, oh, yeah, everybody knows who she is, but everyone hates her. And he'd be like, I don't understand how everyone hates her when I've built a hundred gazillion dollar brand. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, well, you know, we we interviewed a hundred people, I swear to God. I swear to God. This From is, the ages of six this is Q to score. 70. This is what a Q <laughs> score is. Yeah. And of those hundred people, you know, she's hated by I don't know how many. And that's how antiquated, like television. Oh, we have 20,000 Nielsen boxes right. to represent 350 yeah. million Americans. Whereas in digital, you can fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. You buy all these followers, you pretend your you know, ratings, for lack of a better word, your engagement is real, but you pay for it. Mm-hmm. You can yep. buy it. And mm-hmm. TV, you can't and there's no accurate way of telling. So it's just – there's good and bad to everything and that's the reality. So yep. you, in fact, you have to deal with what you're given and right now you are given digital, period, end of story. So what are you going to do with that platform? How much can you learn? And this is where we've really been aggressively trying to – Build out that component of our business. We used to sell content. Nobody sells content anymore. That's what we did. We sold content a book, a DVD, a video game, a television show. You don't do that anymore.
3: Netflix sells subscription, they're not selling content. Right. Well, that's content, sells like,
1: subscriptions That's
3: Exactly. Content right. That's right. is all a
2: lost leader. That's yeah. right. And So now we're in the business of like, what are we going to sell with our content? Hence <laughs> the reason. Right. We got luck. We're fortunate enough to get to know you and talk about things like ancient nutrition. Like, okay, I really love this. How can we work on selling that? Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's quality or like our organic coffee company or this alkaline water. Like, what is it that I love? Right. That's conducive to our overall message that I can talk about in my free content so
1: so what are the you know so as you moved on from the the Wii game and and biggest biggest loser what what were what were some other products that you guys have launched along the way um and, and, and what was the relative level of what you defined as success or things that you that had a, a, a day and then moved on how do you well we what, we were, what are the things you're involved in and how did you measure it
3: sure so we ran the gamut right obviously publishing you know seven or eight New York Times bestseller books published in 25 plus languages, a very, very successful DVD business. Um, But even with great success comes a lot of uh, heartache. I mean, you know, Um, we sued Lionsgate uh, over a YouTube issue and we won. And, you know, but it was, you know, when you're a small company and you're going up against a multi-billion dollar publicly traded corporation. Were they using your content or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Giving it away for free. Got it. As a lost leader. Hmm. Yeah. And And, which devalued all of our content. So,
3: you know, those types of challenges or, you know, frivolous class action lawsuits that the media wants to hone in on and focus, but when they get dismissed, no one wants to talk about them. Um, So with the good comes the bad. But for us, we really um, made sure that any business that we got into was a natural derivative to what Jillian's circle of – or virtuous circle of conversation would be. So whether it was an ingestible, a supplement – of food, and then around 2009 2010, we started realizing that we would probably be better off on certain in certain categories to align ourselves with people that had like minded visions or yep. developed products that were better for you, if you will. Um, and we started doing that. And with some of them, we've been successful, and with some others, we've just sat stagnant, and some others, we got screwed on. Um, but all along the way, <laughs> yep, you know, it's great. Sure to, it it's great to walk through a supermarket and be like, "Wow, we were involved in that, 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 mm-hmm. that, that sold, that hasn't sold, that hopefully will sell." So, what were can, some of the brands? So, Pop Chips, so delicious, yeah. Crave Jerky. Flywheel, yep. Thrive Market, um, Thrive Market, Aquahydrate, Lucky Jack.
2: Lucky Jack. Ancient, so, now ancient nutrition, yep. which I know you're gonna sell that one, so I ain't worried.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm like, no okay, no well,
2: pressure.
1: Yeah.
3: So um and you know, ventured off trying some other things as well. Right. It's outside of our, our lane, just as yep. silent investors. But one of the things about these other ventures, we always kind of looked at it as how do we get involved? where it makes sense that we can leverage Jill's power and voice and help consumers understand how to vote with their dollars. Um, that was always really important to us. And then, look, I mean, we've you know done stuff like an apparel deal with a big retailer, um, and we've done an apparel deal with a big sneaker company, right. and you can see as successful as these companies are, they're broken on so many levels. And that, to us, has really made us kind of become reclusive and focus our energies on what we want to do i would rather her and i fail as a unit than her and i try to be successful that's with someone else that just doesn't get it and i mean the i would say the number one issue we've had is turnover management turnover like we get into a deal oh with god. you right. and then you're gone two months oh later. oh my god it's insane. the person that you that you partnered with Gone. 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 Is Gone. that more a right. function of just how early stage these businesses are? or No. Or like, we,
2: we were going to do a huge deal. Was it Anthem?
3: So, yeah. Oh, so my God. The vision was, this is so Jill, crazy. imagine if we could do what car insurance does with health insurance. We're talking back in 2010. Right. If you spent healthy, a year working on this. If you're well and you go yeah. to your doctor and you turn in your this. physical and they're like, Wayne and Robin are doing all the things they're supposed to do. Yeah you get a discount on your premium. Mm-hmm. We got that all the way to the top of, Bl- of of WellPoint, which is Blue Anthem, like massive insurance company. Had yep. dinner with the CEO. She loved it, was working on the deal. Was, flew out to Indianapolis, the yeah. whole thing. Gonna, cut to, yeah. she create. was released. I'm like, how does
2: this happen? Of a happen? Fortune 500 oh, company. Oh, how does this happen? A year and a half in the middle. Yeah.
1: You're like on the one-yard line. He,
2: I cannot tell you how many times yeah. that's happened. Oh, <laughs> you know, or and It's very interesting because now that we've, Gotten into businesses where you have hard goods, right? No one can steal a hard good. Yeah. Whereas with content, like kids just don't pay for it; they just won't. So, you know, who's the one fool that's playing paying for the Netflix subscription that all the friends and family are using? Like, what
0: people do that?
2: Right?
1: Well, <laughs> <I was> gonna, <laughs> you mean <laughs> they share logins? No. Like, who would do, who who would do that? that? No,
2: I know. Well, it's a rumor. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But you know, we get into these businesses, and it might be an incredible business. But I've learned this, you know, you're betting on the jockeys. And that's yeah. why with
3: Lucky Jack, our nitro cold brew company, we're like, Jill, let's do something different this time. Yep. Let's take control. Yeah. Let's leverage all our relationships. Let's run the business and then teach ourselves. If we're able to grow this and exit this, then guess what? Now we have a formula. We've got a sales unit. We've got an operations unit. Yep. We've got a management unit. We've got an investor pool. And let's create our own bubble and, and just live this in that is bubble. the bet the, but the why, company. But why coffee? So.
2: Oh, okay. So... Well, coffee's awesome. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I can't tell you the numbers. This this animal can tell you the numbers on how many people drink coffee. But the the reality is, I will look at things that I personally love, right? And I also, for me, I know you know in your business, you're looking for like the. What's different? Okay, this is a chickpea product. For me, I'm looking at like, what do I know people love and they're always going to consume? Yeah. How do I make that option better? So whether it's water, but it's alkaline, right? With 72 trace minerals and I can prove it. Or whether it's coffee, but it's organic and cold brew and I can tell you why that's better. Um, you know, or whether it's a chip, and I know people love chips, but this one's got no MSG, no this, no mm-hmm. that, no what have you. So I'm always like, I know people love chips and I know they love coffee and I know they li- are going to drink water because I do all these things, but this is my choice and here's why. So that's kind of that quan of like, do I love it? Do people love it? Yeah. Is it a better for you option? And then is it you know, affordably priced compared to its competitors and does it have a hip cool factor? So for me, I love coffee. I can tell you that coffee is the only legal performance enhancement drug and it it really is. I mean, like we go over all the studies, and I bore the snot out of you, but it is a performance enhancer. Yeah. Um, it also improves cognitive function. It makes you sharper. And I've had ADD my entire life, and I it allows me to, to focus without taking drugs that I don't want to mess around with. Um, it can inhibit pancreatic cancer. It can help combat type two diabetes. And the goal is organic, so you don't get all the pesticides because it's the second heaviest sprayed crop in the world, second only to cotton with pesticides which hmm. most people don't know um cold brew so you don't get the acids and the tannins um and you want it to be fun and cool right and you yourself yeah. wayne told me without me even understanding this so much knowing it somehow unconsciously or subconsciously that your beverage is like a badge of honor right or you're like you wear it and it identifies yeah. you drink it and it identifies you um have you had coffee today i did not have enough no <laughs> so uh sorry i was running out the door forgive me um with that said, uh, it's a, it was a cool factor. So I felt Your like brother drank it all. Little bastard.
1: He does. <laughs> You're telling me he loves drinking all your oh Lucky Jack god. coffee. Oh my god.
2: Yeah, and I'll find them like half drunk drank oh, drunk the around the house I'm like, "Greg, why did you open another one when you?" He's like, I look at cold." I'm like, you <laughs> Cuz I actually buy them and support to support the company. Right. No drops so, at Jill's But house. keep going. Yeah, Sorry, no I got a no, no. So so I basically fell in love with the product and I went to Gene I was like, Okay, people are always going to drink coffee. I'm going to tell you why cold brew is going to be huge. And I was not wrong. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I promise you, cold brew, just like I called coconut years ago. I can't tell you about the jockey behind the company, right. what have you, but I can tell you that coconut's going to be huge. And this is when everybody was like, she's a fraud. Saturated fats and coconut cause heart attacks. And now all of a sudden it's, right, right God's yeah. gift. That is good. Yeah. Right. So, and I was like, I'm telling you coffee and I'm telling you cold brew. And he, he trusts me with that because he knows I know that. And then he goes and vets the businesses and the jockey. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is the company. This is, what, or this is the product. Right. This is why I like it. And then I'll, I'll hand the ball over to him as to why we brought it in-house.
3: Yeah. So when we looked at the opportunity, we realized after doing research, 60% of all coffee is drank out of the home. So we're like, okay, the install base is significant. The play that was happening at where you whether you walk through a natural grocer or a conventional grocer, you started seeing more and more coffee to go. Yeah. Um, there was a significant distinction, as she mentioned, between iced coffee and cold brew. And this particular product, Lucky Jack, being in a glass bottle, organic and nitro, had a profile that no one else had in the market space at the time. There are others that do have similar profiles, but just in different delivery mechanisms. So I said to her, I was like, hmm, this might be one where we can take a leap of faith here, and I'm not a beverage executive, but I'm smart enough to know that what I don't know, I can pick up the phone and call a friend or yeah. any of that. And what we basically did was we took a company that was pretty much nowhere. She founded in Malibu at a small little market, and we had a we own our manufacturing operation at the time when we bought it in December of 2015. It was just literally two hand fill stations. And I walked in there and I was like, oh, boy, (laughs) what have we done? But I said, all right. So I called a friend of mine that owned a big co-packing facility. I'm like, what are the steps in the standard? He's like, oh, you got to do this and you got to SQF and you got to – I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, we don't even have an organic certificate, but we were using organic bean. So I basically created a long laundry list on my whiteboard and just went check, 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 check. And then within six months, we got the business to a place where I could say to an investor, hey – Friends and family, get behind this. This is what we're going to do. And our actual first thing that we did, which upset uh, UNFI, was I got rid of UNFI in the Sopac for Whole Foods. I went DSD. And I did that because I didn't have the budget for merchandising. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of voids. And I knew that if I went DSD, I could have people in the stores three to four times a week touching the product and you know merchandising it so and restocking it. So we did that and that gave me enough data of over a couple of months to show some velocity and all that. The next major account we got was Costco in the San Diego region. Mm. And it was the LA buyer who said long gone are the days where we wait for these brands to explode. Right. We want to break brands especially in this region. So San Diego region got on first then LA, but then that gets met with major issues with Okay, it's selling. Can we order four trucks, please? Right. right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have capacity like that. So that became the struggle where I really Jeez.
2: clearly <laughs> realized,
3: okay, I've got a great product. I yep. don't have the infrastructure built out yet. We need to make capex investments in equipment and everything in the manufacturing world. It's easy when you have an idea and you go to a co-packer. Yeah. Right? It's very complicated when I've got to wait 14 weeks for a piece of equipment to come from Germany. Right. That's right. And then right. when it lands, it's held up in customs for another three weeks for whatever reason. And you had got to install it. And, yeah. right, so all of and this. then you're missing a part. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm proud to say that we have, you know, went from zero to a real business number in 18 months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just at that 18-month mark at the end of 2017. But now we've expanded our production capability and made the CapEx investments to carry our business to north of 30 million in sales. So for us, it was not easy. And I'll tell you, as an entrepreneur, she's like, Why are you in Vegas all the time? Because that's where we make the product, our facilities there. I'm like, No, I'm making pallets this weekend for Costco, and I want to understand how this all works. I want to understand what's the right way to position a box on a pallet or a case. So it doesn't shift in a truck. And I need to know every single thing because I cannot trust anyone there to know the job better than me. And so with time, then we hired, you know, the proper head of sales and all these different things. But it's amazing when you give a great product, love and attention and you respect the process I break a lot of rules, too, in the sense of, like, I'm not waiting for a specific review. Absolutely. And I'm like, no, I'm going to call that buyer or I'm going to show up at their office or I'm going to call a broker, whatever I have to do. But I've done a lot of things unorthodox, but at the same time, I've done a lot of things the right way mm-hmm. to ensure that when it does come time to bring in private equity, you guys can look and say, hey, wait, you guys have hit – all the checklist yep. your business concentration is a big issue i never understood that till this past summer when i went out to meet a few people and you know some money has real concerns with certain retailers because they can pull the plug from you that's right mm-hmm. but i'm like well isn't that good though that they're you know taking it and that we're selling well you, you it get it it depends yeah, it's yeah. i'm like what's the double-edged sword right. i'm like wait yeah. dude i just I did what I couldn't think I could do. Right. And I'm right. at the top of the mountain with this one retailer and look, like, well, yeah, that's cute that you're there, but it doesn't mean anything, really. I'm like, so it's a lot of those realizations. And I think what's important is to manage your expectations and realize that, and I say this in all honesty, anyone can sell something, but will the consumer buy it? Mm-hmm. And that to me is the focus of my business or our business this year with Lucky Jack in particular is just more trial, more trial, more trial because the product sells itself. Like, you know, BMW. You don't go to the BMW dealer hoping the guy convinces you to buy it. You're like – you kind of already know what you want. That's right. So –
2: But the problem with the BMW, though, is you've got Porsche next door. Right. Right? I mean, because I went to a BMW broker and got talked into a Porsche. So, you know, and that's that's why for me, when I'm looking at the BMW and I'm looking at the Porsche and I'm looking at the Mercedes, I'm going to tell you why this Porsche is better so that when we have to make that argument, I can say, yeah, I get it. But that's not organic and here's why it matters. Oh, I get it, but that's not nitro. And here's why that matters. Okay, but that one's not in glass and here's why that matters. So... You know, on that end, when I look at like why I chose that coffee, because I know there's also, and even as you said, you're this whole category saturated. And I was like, okay, I get it, but we're the only one that can have X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. blah, So I can say that to you, and then come back and show you, hopefully one day, or or other investors, or go to sell the company that. That has, in fact, mattered. So, but,
1: At, but how have you tried to pair the brands between Lucky Jack and the Jillian Michaels brand? Like, how, you, you, yeah. You've given us a number of examples of how you've leveraged that in the past. Great question. How does it work with coffee?
3: So in that particular case, it's a it's a tool or resource that Jillian uses to fuel herself. Yeah. Right? She talked about focus. She talked about brand energy. Awareness. Right. And it's
2: brand awareness for Lucky Jack. So yeah. you won't
3: mm-hmm. see Jillian plastered on anything Lucky Jack, but it's more of like, I love this product so much that I'm an investor in the company. Talk about right.
2: it on the podcast. Wrote yeah. about it in a book, Like, yep. for example, I wrote a book about pregnancy and fertility because I just thought it needed to be done. It's been years. Um, and I talked about coffee, and I was like, this is – the issue is not – believe it or not, it's not about the caffeine. It's about the crap in the caffeine and explained all the pesticides that are on the coffee and what pregnant mommies need to look for. And, like, that's why I invested in Lucky Jack because it's yep. a blank, blank, and blank. Mm-hmm. So it's just a constant – Awareness of like putting it out there, brand awareness. You see a behind the scenes video at my podcast, and there it is sitting, you know, right next to me. I right. talk about it in books or on television, or is because it is a part of my life, so it's organic to me as yep. well.
0: Did you guys always know that it was not something where you were going to be front and center for?
3: Was it always sort of by design that that was going to be the case? Yeah, uh, for the most part, we didn't want to. Um, we didn't want to. Make the brand identify itself only through Jillian. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we thought that that's limiting. Very. And right. um, look, I mean, Brooklyn, New York. I walk around and I'll see hipsters drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lucky Jack. So to me, it's just not. It serves its purpose. Like we know, moms make household decisions, mm-hmm. right? So where that makes sense, we do that. Yep. But there are many other things that we're doing with the brand that are nowhere near where Jillian would be. Um, and that's great, too, because that goes to show the reach that, you know, especially something like coffee has. And it's a good, better, best model, to her point. And we know, you know, in a, in a blind test challenge or, you know, you when you walk through these trade shows and, and you see people trying it, you just let them try it. And then they kind of, wait, can I get a little more? Wait, what's that? Why is it foaming? What? And it's about an experience. And that's why, for me, we laugh about this. I You know, we talked about this at lunch yeah. one day, right? Pour it. Because it's a very different Same experience than drinking out of the bottle, and it's yep. okay to drink it out of the bottle because it's a ready-to-go, you know, right. product. But that is again, it's a more sophisticated way of consuming that. You know, like the way guys smoke cigars. There's right. a certain way to cut it, and there's a, right. you know, there's a ritual to it. There's yeah. a ritual yeah. to it, and so that's what Co- we very, wanted. To, coffee yeah. is
2: very ritualistic, yeah. just yeah. like yeah. wine. And yep. if you're a smoker, which God, I hope you're not, <laughs> but a smoker can understand. Like when I've asked them, like, "Oh my God, quit." He missed the. Right. I have a cigarette. Went like coffee is very. And the first that's thing one in the of the morning. reasons right.
3: that we've, mm. you know, in, in board discussions, we've limited our skew count. We don't embellish the product. Yeah, we have a dark that has espresso concentrate yeah. in it. We have a regular version. We have one with organic cane sugar, and we have one with stevia. And above and beyond that, you know, yeah, we might introduce some other seasonal flavors in the future, but we're not going to start mixing dairies or non-dairies with it because that's to your liking yeah mm-hmm. and we felt that that was really important let's just be who we are um and drive that and just get behind that we've also that.
2: seen you know that go wrong like when it was
3: <laughs> oh well yeah when we bought the company <laughs>
2: firecracker flavored pop chips or whatever the hell <laughs> yeah. you know yeah we
3: killed we one of the no... skews right away when we acquired the company it had yeah. hemp milk in it yeah. and it worked in certain regions right but Hemp is a very unstable product especially cuz we're distributed cold so when you have a you know a pallet that's dropped off in New York and at a bodega the guys just throwing cases on the street and right. it sits there for 2 hours in 100 degree weather even though you're pasteurized it doesn't uh doesn't hold know, up the
1: way it should doesn't that's hold. Right. so you know really, you guys have been business partners for a long time is it is it always is that always great any notable disagreements over the years
2: we don't have disagreements generally because we stay in our lanes i would say that we have like relationship issues sometimes because we're very much like husband and wife slash brother and Without sister the sex. right yeah <laughs> so so i think that like there are times where i'm like i feel like you're outgrowing me you're gonna get bored like we have those kinds of talks right it's creepy but like and then we you know he's like i am not gonna have this conversation with you one more time i love you like family and then we move on but it's never like I don't think we should do this. You know, we'll talk it through and then come to a conclusion on our own. Yeah, I
3: mean, we might have – I mean, we're both very opinionated. Right. But at the end of the day, we, you know, own this equally and we have only one interest and that's for the business and the company to win. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are times where I'm like, you know what, Jill, run with it. There's other times she's like, you know what, you figure that out. Um, Yeah, there are moments where we disagree, but we have always done it with respect. And – It's not. I remember one time we got into an argument about something and I said to her, I was like, just because you're louder doesn't mean you're right. And she looked at me and she's like, you're such a dick. But it's true, right? That was was bold.
2: (laughs) Not often though because if if I – I'll go in and say like, okay, this, 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 and then he'll explain to me why not that. And I don't know that world. So then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I understand it. Like there might be a product that I loved – um and I'm like, let me tell you why this product is cool. Mm-hmm. There was like a tea product and it had a great name and it was like mixing fresh juice and antioxidants with like the polyphenols in tea, and it had a, it was cool. And he's like, Yeah, it's like I looked under the skirt here and I'm gonna tell you why I say no to this. And it wasn't a fight. I just went, okay. Yeah.
3: I, I, but twelve months later, that particular company made the changes that I had recommended at the beginning. Yep. Because I just knew. Right. And the little I knew in beverage, I knew enough that that price point wasn't going to work. That size wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a real you know, struggle. You've got to listen. Like if there are people that are offering you free advice, unsolicited, um, that don't want anything in exchange and are considering working with you like – Take it. Take it, figure out and apply it if it makes sense. And if it yeah. doesn't, that's fine too. Right. But being stubborn right. and then wasting 12 months. I mean, we all know at this table that there are thousands of businesses that launch every day and less than 1% make it. That's right. Less than 1% get to a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the run from 1 million to 10 is not as hard as it is from 10 to 20. You know, so these, these are the things I wish they would teach you in school.
1: Right, because but half of it, you, you got to go through it, yep, like like absolutely. many things in life, absolutely. right? Absolutely.
0: And I, th- I think the truth is that if you kind of if you knew everything to start, I think a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't do it. Start. That's They'd right. They'd be like, oh my, oh that my God. first million so is right. that's too hard. So I'm not going to do like, it. Like if it's going to take that to get to the second, this is I don't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So
2: yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're, I didn't even think about it. And one. I think a
3: lot of things too. Uh, I was listening to one of the podcasts with um, Newsa. Uh, who's the Coel who, Tome from yeah, Newsa? and I thought yeah. I love the fact that. She was so honest to say ShopRite was not the right decision. And one of the things when I heard that on the podcast a few weeks ago, I said it's funny because I was faced with that same decision about five months ago on the number of locations with that particular retailer. And I had reservations because for that one reason, people don't know the brand there yet. And so I think that's one of the things that's really hard in this atmosphere where you have the pressure of we need more revenue we need more revenue but at what cost does that more revenue come with
1: because the the best entrepreneurs know how to say no
3: oh yeah i say no all the time (laughs) guys are nuts no matter how loud she is about it right right
1: Right after the break we'll talk more with our guests co-ceos of lucky jack jillian and g
0: Unfinished Biz is a VMG Partners production. You can catch up on all our episodes at unfinishedbiz.com and chat with us on Twitter at unfin underscore biz. Subscribe to our podcast for free on iTunes or any podcast app of your choice. If you like the show, leave us a review. Even if you don't like the show, give us five stars. (laughs) We love the feedback. And now back to our episode with Lucky Jack co-CEOs Jillian and G. Has there been a specific bet the company moment for you guys?
2: I'd say the coffee is it. I mean, we're both in it so deep personally. Yeah. You know, and, and he was very careful in building our other company. Like, we're going to do it with other people's real estate. We're going to do it with other people's dollars. But now, you know, and that worked at a time when licensing and endorsements were a business. Now they're not. And so now you're investing – in other people's businesses, and that can go wrong. So this is, we're all in. You're the
1: jockey. We are the jockey. all of it. You're all our, the above. Our time, money, right?
2: our capital, our time, our relationships, our, yeah. Everything. So it's, you know, it could go, I'm like, well, there's my son's college education. <laughs> I mean, like it could just, you know, tomorrow it could, but we, you hope not, but this is it. Yeah. I mean, this is the bet. And if this works, then he's right. We can easily turn around and go, okay, let's do this again. We know mm-hmm. how it goes. We know how to make it work um and so that's the goal like what sebastiani did with crave jerky that was his first play and then he has sonoma brands and he's got like a bunch of different things and so that's what we're attempting to do but you you got to go all in we're we're all in on it
1: we guys have had a hell of a journey to date is there a particular (laughs) highest point
2: the highest point would probably been uh, i want to say like Nine years ago. I would
3: say for me, one of the highest points would have been seeing Jillian share a stage with Madeline Albright, Maria Shriver, um, women of that stature. And for me, professionally, that was like, wow, we had a vision, we had a plan. Um, Super Bowl know,
2: commercials. President
3: Clinton's introducing her. I mean, yeah, yeah Super great. Bowl, like all those kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, you take those moments for granted, right? Because we all live in a society of what's next, what's next, right. what's next. But I, I sit there and I always say to myself, I'm like, I'm really proud of those types of moments. Because while those moments were not about money, those moments were about creating a legacy. Being iconic. Saying, Who yeah. was this woman
2: and how did she impact the world? It's so interesting, though. I think that you take it for granted now because... Nobody stops and says, "Oh, she, you know, has spoke a lot. she's moderated panels for President Clinton that he sat on or she has done this or this or this or has worked with all those women." Instead, they're like, "Well, her engagement is on is she should be getting 100 more comments on this post." <laughs> I swear to God. And you're like, "You understand that you have to pay to get those comments, <laughs> right. right? Like you understand that if I want them, I can po- boost it for $10 and get it." Like, but the, I can't it's That's what it matters, or, or your engagement
0: put, you can put a cute puppy on there, and that' that'll yeah. too. like yeah,
2: and, that's right. and I show people I'm like you understand like here's a commerce related post, it has no engagement here's a post with my son on it. It has crazy engagement, like it, this doesn't matter about your relevance, but they don't they just the world no longer cares right. about you having that stamp of approval and being an expert and delivering on your promise It's all like, oh this twenty year old and the shiny keys and of a million thousand followers, whether they're even real or not <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know, we got in a conversation with one influencer uh, for a platform we're working on called Fit Fusion, which yep. is the Netflix of fitness. We're hoping in, to turn it into lifestyle. Bring yeah. all. These- I saw a
1: commercial the other night on, on was, it, it was on TV.
3: Uh, what, what's your cable provider? Comcast. Oh, that's yeah, that's why. why. That's yeah, why. I saw it. Yeah, we're that's with why. Comcast in twenty six. So million homes. we've been, yeah. we've
2: been building this platform for a really long time, which is a whole separate show. But as we were kind of saying, who do I want to be on it? Because, you know, we're stronger together than we are apart now and collaboration is so important. I had identified various influencers that I thought were actually legitimate fitness experts but also had that, you know, that quan of being cool and hip and unique. So one of them were on the phone and they were like, well, she's Jillian 2.0. And I got off the phone, and I was like, Jesus, you're not even Jillian Point oh 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 two. You don't have a, like, you have nothing. You don't have one book, let alone eight bestsellers. Like, you, you're you not on a, you've never been on a Super Bowl commercial. And I, I was like, all right. I mean, and I still like the kid, but that kind of naivete, like, I just thought, like, because why? You have two million right. influence people on. Yeah. Okay.
1: You know, it just. But at least that's you know, I guess the the, the glass up At least you're a barometer or something, right? Like the, the people aspire to be a 2.0 of you. Like, no, no, no that, and that's, that's v- awesome. and that's and that's really aspirational. Yeah. I think mean, that's really cool. And and you think about things that are non monetary in life, like that. Wow, that is a legacy Absolutely. that someone wants to be 2.0 because it's so aspirational to be Jillian yeah. Michaels.
2: But 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 do the work, right? Well, h- that, that don't thing... tell me because you have. You know, two million no Instagram doubt. followers. You are the two right. of me. You haven't even hit the one, Ellie. That's <laughs> the that's the part that's annoying. Well, do that, the work.
0: That's the thing that's kind of interesting. Kids don't that, do the work. That now it feels like, you know, because it is so much about collaboration, you can get big fast, sure. right? right? You don't really necessarily have to do it brick by brick. But Correct. the
2: longevity, that yeah.
0: and that's the question. You become a is, flash in the pan, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. How 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 much staying power do you do you have? have and that's the, there's, you know, there's a rub on for, for, all of this. So well, we're going
2: to see when the bubble bursts, right. who's still standing, yep. you know, you talk about shakeout with products and I think there's going to, over time, there's also a constant shakeout on platforms with influencers. Like yep. who's like the YouTube people that YouTube decided were too old and no longer cool. They just wiped all their traffic. Bye bye. Right. And, it, and there's like two people left standing. One of them is It up and you know everything free that's like a fitness blender or a pop sugar <laughs> that's all free and not a person associated with it but that was it night night and the same thing's going to happen with instagram and now there's vero or vera or whatever vero, yeah yeah it's a new platform a new one brand that, new
3: that's the other thing for us i guess is another you know bet the company moment type of stuff is just stasis like the fact that i'm like you know what we're not going to go do this and we're not going to go do that right. we're just going to sit back and watch others right fail or win a and fast then follower yep that that's tough especially for someone like me that I'm always like
1: go get it like I yeah. want to
3: go and right. that it takes a discipline and I'll say to her I'm like I hear you but just let it settle and then weeks later something will crumble and she's like oh my god I'm like it's just I mean one of the hardest things right now is you know we're fortunate to have big level conversations in business but the nature of just how everything is consolidating and companies are getting bought and just the shift and, and this whole paradigm of how things are going to move. I mean, we're working on something right now that maybe next week after a year of effort and it's all going the right direction, it could get wiped out because that acquisition goes through. Yep. And that's really hard. Oh, my God. And, th- and that's Another really one. hard.
2: All the time. All but, the time. But and
3: that he- actually doesn't discourage me. It actually motivates me. And she's like, how do you do it? I'm like, it's you know exhausting. what? exhausting. It's just because yeah. when it does happen you forget about all of that
1: but we, speaking of that so crazy. what would be the lowest point of this journey if you had to
3: pick one oh
1: yeah I what would, you, would it be? I bet you, you got to pick one though what is what would it be I, for each would, of you I would
2: have to say that the beginning of 16 when everything that we knew as, as an industry and a business just totally collapsed I had two television shows TV no longer works neither one yeah. worked I poured myself into it like hundred percent neglected everything else to make this these things work. They didn't, came up for air behind the eight ball only to find out that like, you know, for 10 years we weren't able because of this bad deal of licensing my name on the web to start an app and have to jump into that late in the game while yeah. other competitors got so far ahead of us because they had a wide open field and we didn't have one. We lost all that our one email point, names.
3: In the first year we were recognized as the best new fitness app
2: in our west Yes, because well, we yeah, came and back strong. Right. right. You know, we have our like, our Rocky moment always, but you know, we had to like really look at it and be like, holy We can't sell books. We can't sell DVDs anymore. All this stuff is free. Television doesn't work. They don't give you a chance. Everything's here, gone. Here, gone. Unless it's a scripted drama. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the only thing that works on platforms that are Hulu, Netflix, HBO Go. Because you don't have to depend on ratings. And it's like we had to figure out a a whole new business um, of hard goods and digital, and that's... It, and, and compounded that's by the
3: fact that you know, pretty much the entire fitness industry was wiped out because of all the things that she just said turned to all the contractual commitments that people had to us. Then you got to start suing them to get your money. Right.
2: Yeah. Because oh, companies
3: yeah. are vaporizing, yeah. or they're just being yep. acquired, and the new acquirer is like, hey, I don't care. Yeah, it wasn't my contract. Right. I inherited this a, thing.
2: We've been dealing with that you right know. now so, I on mean, something. You know, I
3: a, spend probably... 60% of my day on legal <laughs> and I spend, you know, yeah. probably 30% on new business or existing business. Yeah, And it's just that and that 10% is left for me but it's just crazy how yeah. that's just the world we live in. And Do you have so, a lowest
1: point?
2: For me... Same one or a different one? I, I would say... He was also going through a divorce at that time so I think that was bad for him. For me,
3: <laughs> I th- that would probably be... It was in succession. So it was like this got canceled, that got canceled, that didn't work, that didn't work. I was going through a divorce. All of these things fell apart. And I was trying to, you know, you'd look in the mirror and say to yourself, okay.
2: The harder you work, it's a quicksand.
3: Yeah. And that's what I would always say to her. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I'm walking on quicksand and I just can't get my foot out to take that next step forward. And you start kind of digging in and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I've had a good run. Is this the end? Or I've had a good run and I'm going to have a bad run for a minute, but I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to feel what I need to feel. I'm going to get up and some days I'll feel better. Other days I don't want to do anything. And the truth of the matter is, is I've never been happier in my life, you know. And, you know, 2018, 2016 was brutal. That Um, was the worst year ever. And so for me, um, I definitely recommend people... It's not as bad as you think in the moment, yeah. Yeah. Because as time goes by, you'll start to understand the meaning of what all of that was. It just might not present itself to you right then and there, but you've got to have tenacity. That is, if you want. I mean, if you want to go get a paycheck and work for someone, that's great. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to be able to not sleep
1: patience Ooh. and fortitude it goes to a good question yeah, no,
3: but I, I ultimately i do think that that's that's
0: a i think that's a really important message right because i do think that in every entrepreneur's life they're just going to take successive body blows right and, oh my and god to the point where you're like is it worth it or can i get back up
2: and the more successful you are the more they want to kill you yeah like i literally tell people I, i'm like because i you know i'll be competing against which i was like no we need to flip the script i can't be competing against Twenty-year-olds on Instagram, like you've put me in an arena where it's like, let's say, I'm a I'm a dolphin and you're telling me to run. Like, I, right. this is not what forty-year-olds. We don't consume. We don't follow celebrities. That's not my generation. For me, I felt like, okay, I got to get up and run a race, and she's got to get up and run a race. And I may be a faster runner, but I have a target on my back, where everybody wants to take me out and right. take me down, and I. I'm getting sued every five seconds and it feels like literally death by a thousand cuts where this kid can just run and you know, she doesn't have five class action lawsuits and ten articles written about how she's an asshole and it, it's just – it's hard. So the, the higher up you get in the food chain, it's like G says you spend so much more time playing defense right. instead of being able to play offense. It yeah. gets yeah. harder for that reason. And you've got a lot,
0: you know, when you're just starting out, you got a lot less to lose, right? Yes, so you can take chances. All sorts yes. of right? Whereas here, you're like, oh, you know, I gotta, you know, I spent so much time building, building. this brand equity. Like, I don't really want to take a step in the wrong direction. Like, and tank totally makes all sense. the people
2: that you feed, yeah. totally. whether it's your family or right. your employees. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it becomes far more difficult, and it, it, you know, so you take all these shots, and you're going to take far more. As you get established because people start, you know, they start aiming at you. Right. You're the one they want to take out. Okay. Like we I have lived it. I've had NBC go after me that way. I've had I mean I could we could go Journalists, all and kinds on. of stuff. I've had literally NBC was like, We don't like how successful her brand is getting. Let's destroy her. And I I mean it's like that letters could,
3: from the Corn Refiners Association. I mean all kinds of stuff. I've
2: had people the like Corn
3: Refiners Association?
2: Yeah. Like it's it's, it's crazy. crazy the that's <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff you need to endure, like class action lawsuits, lawsuits that our <laughs> products were killing people that weren't even real that were filed by a competitor, and then when we found out that no one even bought the product, doesn't matter. It was all over TMZ. Right, that kind of shit. Well, that that is a growing. That's pain. some serious stuff that you will deal with. If you start to get that visibility, be prepared. Right, the more people successful are vicious. you get, yeah, they're vicious. And I like my biggest thing with Giancarlo. I always joke that he's Rob Stark. Do you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like you know how this kid's like dude, fighting honestly, dude. It does not end well for you, man. No, no. yeah, We're fighting exactly. fairly. Story you know, <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he he right. always Season sees the best dream. in people. Right. And, and he's like, I can't live the way you live, where you see the worst. I'm like, but you're gonna walk in that room with your head held high. You know, having done everything right and some yep. some bastard is going to slit your throat and kill your entire family because that, to me, is modern-day business. It's modern-day warfare. Yeah. And people are – got to protect yourself. And those are the punches. You talk about those punches. Yeah. They're real. Oh, yeah. That shit's so that's real. That's why you train
3: hard and fight easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I like that.
0: Um, so what's keeping you guys up at night at this point? I know we kind of talked about a, a bunch of different things, but is there any one particular sort of issue or, or – question that kind of lingers. I want to know
3: what the state of cryptocurrency is in the future.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I, I mean, you
3: stay up at night thinking about that. Well, because I have a, a massive investment, uh, which we actually sold a portion oh. of it off, but um, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Again, every single thing that we <clears throat> know is changing, Right. and it's changing fast. And so uh, one of the things that I want to make sure that I do on behalf of myself and us Jillian and I, is I make it my business to know what's going yep. on. And there are things that are so foreign. I mean, you and I were talking about something the other day, Wayne, when it comes to just the struggles of inventory levels. And if I'm doing everything right by, by our company, mm-hmm. and the, you know, in this case a retailer is not holding inventory levels because it's just their policy, mm-hmm. but their shelves are empty, you know that's a problem for me. That's the kind of stuff that I struggle with because it's not smart business. And um, the more and more I see that, the more and more I think about how I want to be able to just kind of DTC and e-commerce everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and be able to control it. Yeah. Just like you, why you started and why you guys acquired Lucky Jack in the first exactly.
3: place. Exactly. And, and that's a sad realization, but you, know, you, you unfortunately don't create trial through e-commerce, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, people need to experience your product. They need to see it. They need to feel it. They need to taste it. So... Those are the things that kind of keep me up now because I'm usually thinking 18 to 24 months ahead about the business while, you know, it's operating and running because that's what those people are responsible for. So I'm always kind of just what's the next play? What's the next play? And that's really where my head's focused. And I lose sleep about it because I know that there's so much uncertainty with some of the bigger players in the space where possible acquisitions will happen. And, you know, look at Amazon Whole Foods. That's an interesting um, business right now. So... I'm just trying to – it's hard when you don't control it. So part of me says, you know, look at Dollar Shave Club. You know, they went from zero to a billion and and you sold to Unilever and that was all internal. Um, But that's not my strength, you know. But uh, one of the things that I hope to figure out in the next ventures that we do is how do we build those business models and surround ourselves with people that understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know different players that do that kind of stuff, but everyone doesn't have a unicorn. Right. So that's what, you know.
2: I feel like that's the future of our business, but right now we're having to do it where it's it's all us. So like it used to be we'd have millions coming in through licensing, endorsements and selling content. Now all we do is put millions out. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta fund this coming. <laughs> I literally, am like, oh my god, and my money guy's having a heart attack because every five seconds they're like, we're calling to approve this wire for three hundred <laughs> yeah, thousand exactly. dollars. The next day, we've got another wire going yeah. out, and unfortunately, it's just I you don't we don't have a choice now. Mm-hmm. Like the world has changed. Yep. And so we're having to – and that's where it's like we're in that very critical phase where like if it works, then we can have a fund and then we can make this stuff work. And there's only so much we can fund at one time. Right. So we still have to fund our company and the Jillian Michaels app and we still need to fund Lucky Jack. That's why we can't personally fund Fit Fusion right now. So we're yeah. like, okay, let's let that thing keep chugging along. And then you know once we get the money back from this, then we can put the money into that and it's like – we just keep – it's just tough because we're doing it all with our own money right now.
3: But it is fun.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, I don't – that's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> I don't find it <laughs> that, fun, which that, is that why he's an entrepreneur right. and right. I inherently have had to do it because I haven't had a choice mm-hmm. just like now. Same situation.
1: One of the unique things about this episode is Jillian and G have really only been part of licensing deals to date. And this is the first brand that they've really been an owner of. Mm -hmm. And And they've realized how expensive it is to build a brand, particularly a beverage brand.
0: For sure. I think the other thing really is that Jillian's had this incredibly interesting vantage point uh, in the sense that back in the day, really, she was one of the first celebrity wellness folks out there. And she had this incredible platform to reach millions of people. And then just fast forward a couple of years, you kind of open your eyes and you see all these influencers who are talking about wellness and you don't really have that sort of that that megaphone anymore. I think that's something that she actually quickly realized and realized that, you know, ultimately her space has become so much more competitive.
1: Everything always just seems to always come full circle again, too. It's Jillian and G Mm -hmm. against the world, and they have the confidence to go against anybody. Well, it's game time. Our, Our signature game, Rapid Fire, 60 seconds. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. You guys ready?
0: Go. Go. All right. The first thing you read every day is CNN. What's your favorite movie? Uh, and Luis. Who's your celebrity crush? Sofia Vergara.
1: <laughs> karaoke song you're most likely to
0: belt out?
2: Cannot sing at all.
0: <laughs> your hometown is famous for? Tenacity. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure?
2: Wine. <laughs> do
0: you recline on airplanes? I do not. If you could drink one
1: thing for the rest of your life besides water, Jillian, what do you choose?
0: Coffee. What was your last New Year's resolution? Take
3: a trip a month for myself.
0: If you were stranded on an
1: island and you could only bring one thing, what would it be?
2: My phone.
0: Last
3: hashtag you used.
0: Hashtag 488 Pista.
1: (laughs) Where's the next place you'd like to travel?
2: Egypt.
0: If a movie was made of your life, you'd be played by... Vince Vaughn.
2: For sure. (laughs) I cast him as Vince Vaughn. Talent
1: you don't have, but wish you had.
2: Singing.
0: What's your most hated food? Quinoa.
2: If you
0: could be any pro athlete, who would you be? LeBron. Political issue you care about most? Guns. Favorite TV show ever? Breaking Bad. During the last week, have you looked at your phone while driving? Yes. (laughs) Do you peek at your seatmate's laptop on a plane? Never. Never. Really good. This is the farthest anyone's ever got. Yeah. Last question for both of you guys.
3: For aspiring entrepreneurs out there, any words of wisdom? I would say um, put your phone down and say hello to the person next to you. You never know how they'll change your life. That's good.
2: Um, I would say... uh, I'm sorry. Positivity is for idiots. and and (laughs) Negativity doesn't serve you either. But being realistic about a scenario is very, very important. And I read something recently. It was like positivity is is not called stupid. It's called being a leader. No, it's called stupid. (laughs) You know, being real is very important. So you can like adjust the sales and anticipate trouble because there is trouble out there. So those positive thinkers, fuck you. Be realistic. That's being intelligent in my opinion.
1: We'll drop the mic on that. <laughs> Jillian and Jean Carlo, aka Juan Carlos, thanks for joining us on
3: Unfinished Biz. Thanks for
0: having us, guys, and Thanks. continued success.
1: You've been listening to Unfinished Biz.
0: I'm Wayne. And I'm Robin. We'll be back on the next episode with Tiffany Masterson, who named her skincare brand Drunk Elephant, even when everyone told her not to use that name.
2: Personally, I don't compete with other people, I compete with myself. And you either are that way or you're not, right? I mean I'm just in that way. And I don't really, like, you
1: won't walk in my office and see a wall full of competitor products. We don't look.
0: That's next time on Unfinished Biz. Unfinished Biz is a VMG Partners production. You can subscribe to our show for free in any podcast app of your choice. Send us questions, comments, and feedback on Twitter at unfin underscore biz and visit us at unfinishedbiz.com.